0: You're listening to episode 44 of Scaling Up. Welcome to Scaling Up with personal brand and freedom stylist, Elizabeth Hartke. Each week, Elizabeth brings you the tools you need to create a life of true freedom and fulfillment by scaling and monetizing your personal brand. Get clarity, become a leader in your field and make an impact that pays. Grab your favorite healthy smoothie or beer and let's get to the show. If only I could fully express how excited I am to bring you this particular episode with Ali Casaza! Seriously. I was actually anxiously awaiting our conversation, not only to bring it to you guys, but more for myself, selfishly. Ali is globally recognized for her courses and content that focuses on, get this, simple and intentional living. Guys, that's the dream. More simplicity, less clutter, more peace, less stress. It's exactly what we all want, but don't know how to actually achieve. And that's literally what she helps other women do from decluttering their home to decluttering their schedule and their calendar. Allie's all about helping us experience freedom from stuff and things and chaos to experience freedom in our lives. So today I got to have a chat with Allie to learn more about her journey from overwhelmed, depressed, feeling like she was falling short in everything to a life of minimalism, peace, freedom, while building an insanely successful seven-figure business that brought her home, brought her husband home. It's just a conversation you have to hear. So we focused a lot on how this way of living, this minimalistic way of living can serve us in our businesses as well. And I got to kind of, get a better idea of Allie's business model, because I know for my business nerds out there, we love to hear the behind the scenes story of how this passion and this idea became something that she monetized and brought out into the world and branded and made such a successful business. So get ready for an amazing chit chat with my new friend, Allie. Today's review comes from A. Edmonds. You'll feel like you're sitting in her living room and sharing a coffee with Liz. In this podcast, Liz adds value to your life in a soothing, caring way only a girlfriend could. So many great actionable takeaways. I'll definitely be joining in for more in the future. A must subscribe. Thank you so much, A. Edmunds. I really appreciate you. And it's nice to know that I'm not drinking my coffee alone. Let's get on to the show. Oh my goodness, Allie, I am so ready with my pen notebook in hand because I want to learn from you today and I'm so excited to welcome you to the show.
1: I'm really, really excited for this. I saw it got booked and I just love, love, love talking about business because I think it is so overcomplicated and it doesn't always have to be. So I'm really excited to be here.
0: Well, thank you. I know my listeners are going to go crazy over what you have to share and your message, it just speaks to me. And I know it's going to speak to them too, because what it says on your site, stop barely getting through your day. You had me at that. Like I read that and it was like, yes, so many of us are in this battle that we face when we're home with the kids, trying to keep the house together. We're running our own businesses or working in a job or all of the above. And we're surviving instead of thriving and it's brutal and it's taxing and there's no peace in that. And before I get ahead of myself here, I want our listeners to get to know you first though, because you are the creator of this this dream and everything that you brought into the world. You're a mama, a wife, clearly killing it in your field, but I want to know you. So what crazy, twisted, wild journey brought you to this space, this place now?
1: Yeah, well, it was a years ago, was about seven years ago, and I was just in this space in my personal life. I did not have my business at the time. It was just like a little hobby blog that was for my own benefit at the time. And I just was in the thick of like having babies. I was a stay-at-home mom. My husband worked really crazy hours. at just this like dead-end job, really large, very known company where it's just kind of like you're just a number. They didn't take very good care of anybody. It was just really, really hard, like barely making ends meet. Yeah, I never saw him just like always sticking out overtime. like just this cycle of like never enough, never enough. And at the same time, in my personal part of that life, there was too much. There was too much clutter, too much stuff, too much demand on me as a person to uphold our life at home and kind of hold down the fort. And I started to really struggle with depression and it was a really dark time. I kind of felt like every morning when I would wake up and like realize like, okay, it's daylight, I got to do this again. I would just kind of have this feeling of like, ugh, like I can't. And having like three really young toddlers and babies and knowing that like you're on your own, like I had to do everything from my husband would leave at like five in the morning and not come back until like 10 PM or later sometimes. And knowing that I had to do all of that and have high energy and like the mom that I wanted to be, that's not a really great place to wake up and start the day. So I believe that each of us is called to live an abundant life, I really don't think that we are created to just kind of get by. And I knew that then, but I was just kind of like, where is that here though? Like, and everyone told me the same thing. Like we were just in that season, like good luck. Very like negative, kind of like, this is going to be a total crap show. You'll get through it. And then like when they get a little older, kind of gets easier, but then like they're the worst and there's hormones and like, it's even harder. And it was just kind of like, okay. (laughs) Like just this negative, negative, negative. And the way that my brain tends to work is like, if I'm told that there's no way to do something, I kind of go towards like, yeah, there is, I'll just make one. And so I began to seek that out. And what I discovered is that if you don't have as much excess, if you're not making it harder on yourself than it already is, which we do in so many ways in every area of life, that it is so much easier, even a joy To deal with like the chaos of life and like it for me that was motherhood so like having you know a baby having like a diaper blown out and like another kid having like snot running out of his nose over here and the other one screaming for a snack like I could almost just sit back and laugh at it and slowly handle each thing one at a time. Because I had so much white space from decluttering my home, decluttering my calendar, and like just saying no to all excess and choosing what was going to be my focus and my intent in each season.
0: Yes. You are hitting the nail on the head and you are speaking to me because over the last few years, that's one thing I've embraced masterfully, if I can pat myself on the back, which is Knowing what to say no to because every time we say yes, we're saying no to something else and we have to align the things that we want to be bringing into our lives as yeses and kind of being able to have the courage to say no to the things that aren't going to fit. So a lot of your messaging and and a little bit of what you're, you've spoken about so far comes down to stepping into this space of minimalism. And I think that scares a lot of us. Like we're attached to our things. We're attached to saying yes to so many things. We're attached to a really busy calendar. But I also think a lot of us don't fully understand and appreciate what that might truly mean, like what minimalism really is and why it isn't a scary thing. So can you tell us a little bit more about that transition from the chaos and and too much stuff in your life and having that like heavy feeling of depression and feeling down and, and how that desperation shifted you into taking a different action and a different approach?
1: Yeah, I think if I hadn't been so truly desperate, and I'm giving you guys like the short version here because it is a really long and really dark story. It was really, really bad. Like I was about to go and get medication for depression, which is nothing wrong with that if you need it, but that's not what I needed. It was like a situational result of something I had control over that I didn't realize And I think that if I hadn't been that desperate, I wouldn't have tried what I ended up trying because it was kind of just this like this one day where it just all kind of came to a head and I had had enough and I was yelling at my daughter who was three, like who really yells at a three-year-old, a very desperate person yells at a three-year-old little girl who's just upset that she lost her favorite toy. And I just like was standing there almost like aerial perspective, watching myself do that and just feeling like. No, like this is not abundance. This is not my purpose. This is not me living out what I'm here to do. And I refuse to be status quo, to be just reacting to the life circumstances. I wanted to know, like, this is where I'm going. This is what I'm called to in motherhood, in business, in marriage, in relationships, in being a human, whatever it is. I want to know what that is and walk toward that vision with purpose. Hmm. And And so I think I just tried it because I noticed that day, like all I did was clean up. Like I was like shooing the kids away, putting on Dora, like go here, go watch that, like frustrated that they wanted a snack again. And I was like, just getting them away from me to maintain the mundane. And I noticed that and had this epiphany moment where it was like, I'm screaming at her. I'm not the person I want to be. My husband comes home from a long day and I wanted to see him all day. Yet we end up arguing because I'm nagging. Like my day was harder than yours. Can't you help? Do you have to put your stuff down there? Literally all I did was like just this ridiculous, like almost stereotypical story. And I just didn't want it anymore. And I realized if this is the common result that I'm trying to keep things at like afloat, I'm trying to keep things cleaned up and running smoothly. And everything that I was touching during my day that I was putting away and picking up and, and dealing with was like, I don't even think we need this thing. And that was just kind of like, bam, this epiphany moment for lack of a less cliche word that was like what if it was just gone? Like, what if we just had way less? And I was just so freaking desperate. I tried it. And that next day, even I had only like, I just attacked my house. Like I got rid of a ton of stuff and it was only one night. And that next day I noticed a difference. Like my kids played better with less toys. I felt lighter. I had less cleaning to do. And we had like the best day we'd had since I became a mom. And it was like in a few hours, if that's how I feel, what the heck is going to happen when i finish everything and then i started to notice like what if i uncomplicated health and wellness and just like took better care of myself in a way that was really minimalistic and simplified what if i did this in my calendar What if I stopped saying yes to all these toxic, energy-sucking people and decided to say yes to what really matters to me and let them be disappointed? And I implemented minimalism in everything, and it became my business and my message. And now I'm at a point where I've implemented minimalism, and I'm still learning this, of course, in my business itself. So it really is beautiful that it's kind of therapeutic to go through and make decisions about things and that that spills over into other areas.
0: Yeah. So cathartic. And so, so much evidence as to the fact that you're on your path, like you're doing the right things that you're feeling called to do. And you and said, you have
1: control over those decisions too. And you notice it like, I don't have to keep this because so-and-so gave it to me. Right. I can get rid of. And just seeing that almost like it's like a mirror of your life and your calendar and your decisions. Like, hey, I have control over this. I've been complaining like I don't. And I do.
0: Exactly. Yeah. We had um, a professional organizer on earlier in the show. I think it was episode maybe three or four. I'll, I'll link to it, but she said so many of the same things. Like you're not obligated to hold on to this thing, like create the memory, create the moment in your mind and let it be like, if it's weighing you down, it's not serving you. And, and you said something that really spoke to me, maintain the mundane. That is the MO for like most of America right now. I see it in the clients that I work with. I see it in the people who reach out with questions. I just see it in general in society. It's like everybody's just doing their best to keep their head just above water. There's mediocrity and they're accepting it and holding on to it. And then you pointed out like, wait a minute, like you had this wake up moment of hold up. I don't have to live like this. Like this is actually a choice I'm making every day. And yeah, it might be harder initially to get my butt out of this situation, but once I do, the freedom, the peace, and the space that it's going to create for me to live my best life is just so much abundance there that I can't have when I'm making the choice to maintain the mundane. So that, to me, like that speaks volumes to what you did in your own life. But I think one of the coolest things that you did, which I love to highlight when we have people on the show that did this, you took your mess Literal mess and turned it into your message, and you started to walk yourself through a process first. And then you saw, wait a minute, I'm probably not the only one that's struggling with this. Like, I have mom friends that are buried under toys that aren't even being used and are getting fights with their spouse when they come home because of all the same things that you mentioned. And then you transitioned that, like, skill set you developed and this methodology that you came up with and you transitioned it into a business. So being a complete business nerd, marketing nerd, I have to pick your brain on that piece of it because I know our listeners are going to love that. At what point did you say, "All right, I did this for myself, now it's time to monetize this idea."
1: So I started just sharing what I was actively working through on my blog. Writing has kind of always been like an outlet for me, less now because I have to do it now. Right. <laughs> but I was just kind of sharing and my blog was so little, like there was no, no real like giant audience there, but there was like a couple hundred loyal followers and they were just eating it up and they were sharing and I was growing a little bit and I was really excited and I started to just ask them and really want to serve them. And I think that that is a big difference. I notice in people that, I don't know how to say this delicately, but people that have a big following and almost like are... Ungrateful for them, irritated with them, um, lose them. It's like a vanity metric versus like a real tribe. Is that they didn't serve when they were small, so how can they serve when they're big? Yep. And so I'm so grateful that that was my perspective, and it was only my perspective because they were so kind to me and they talked back to me, and we had that small knit community. So I started sharing with them and just noticing like they were doing what I was doing, and they were asking me for clarifying questions, like. But exactly how did you decide about the kids' toys? Because my daughter's really clingy and, like, she's emotional. Like, I don't want to mess her up. Like, what did you do? And through the process of living this out in my real life for, you know, years and then helping other women and watching them go through it. And then them asking me after like several years of blogging that we had moved across the country. And like, we were just, I was blogging more because I had like none of my friends and family around me. And at that point they were like, you've been doing this for so long. We can't find everything. Could you just compile it into one place? And like, we'll buy it from you. And I started to Google that and figured out it was already a thing. It was very new, but it was, you know, courses and people were doing this. And I had that I that idea, like maybe I could, maybe I could do this. I had launched like an ebook and it totally flopped. Like it made nothing. It was like the worst. <laughs> and I was like, oh, maybe this will be better because it's a higher price point, it's more effort, and I can teach more clearly because of video and audio and like walking them through the process. And that course, I mean, that course has undergone so many changes. So now it's like, the Ali Kassaza like method now but then it was just like this is what I found to help like this is what I would say in your situation like this is my experience and I also did purge like friends homes I purged the home of um, a widow friend of my mom's and like really hard circumstances to really get into that and I shared that experience in the course and like what I walked away with and so it kind of just evolved into what it is today after all that time.
0: That's incredible. And it's just a testament to your ability to just keep that forward momentum. Like you had that in your own life and you just channeled that into the next thing and the next thing and the next thing. And there were probably, like you said, the ebook was a flop. Like we all have those flop moments. It didn't mean you quit. It didn't mean you gave up. There was so much more for you to pour out into the world and you just kept going forward. So you yeah. you talk about this methodology. You have a four-step process, right? Mm-hmm. Can you walk us through that in a nutshell so we can hear a little bit about what that looks like?
1: Yeah. So essentially I'm kind of more known as like the life minimalist because I teach much more than just the home and I really think it needs to spill over into other things. And I think if it doesn't, what we're left with is being meat freaks and having like a house that's great. But like, what about everything else? Like it, I just think it's such a side note. And I think women specifically and the, the people that I mainly serve are mothers. And I see them getting very wrapped up in that. Like, I just want my house like this. And it's like, you really need to care that your calendar is just as cluttered as your closet, you know? So the process is, I really do believe it all starts at home. I was like just studying this and talking to other women and all the coaching I've done, I've seen that like I was trying to make it to where like, oh, you can just start anywhere, like where it feels the heaviest to you. But I've seen over and over again that like it really needs to start at home. So I say now just blatantly, this is step one, like uncluttering your home is step one. And then from there, we can look at like what feels heavy in life. So the program that I have for that is called Unburdened. We're actually, today's the last, we're launching it right now. It's my favorite time of year because It's like, I know that all those women that did the other program through the year, like they're coming in and they're about to like just life-changing stuff. And that's when we get into like boundaries, technology limits, calendar, time ownership, and relationships and things like that and self-care, all of that. And then I think from there you get into like, going through your life in another wave. Like you can't do it all one and done perfectly the first time. Like it happens in cycles as you evolve as like a more minimal person. So then going back through it and just touching up, like, is there anything in your home you kept out of fear of it? Now you realize actually I feel really good. And I don't need this thing or in your life. Like, is there a commitment you've been holding on to because you're really worried about letting somebody down? And now you realize how much better you feel and you feel empowered. Like I can let that go and it's not gonna like it doesn't mean that I'm a selfish or I'm a jerk. Like I just need to create that space. And then I think from there sharing the message, like spreading that love, spreading that teaching that I think women, again, specifically women, like we struggle with sharing what we've learned because it sometimes it means that we needed help. And we're Mm -hmm. admitting that we needed help and we got help and we're not just good at everything automatically. (laughs) And it's such a shame because we keep the rest of our friends everybody has a following. If you're on social media, if you go anywhere out of your house, you have a following, even if it's just friends and family and to not share with them. Like what if somebody is at the end of their rope really and is about to do something drastic and would have been helped if you would have just shared what helped you. Mm -hmm. So that's kind of the process of just living out this lifestyle.
0: I think that's the dream. You know, like I think the dream for everyone, and we might not even realize it. For me, it was at a subconscious level. Like For all these years, I said all these things I wanted to strive for. I wanted freedom. I wanted success in my business. I wanted to lose the weight. But at the core of it all, I I just wanted peace. I wanted enough simplicity and enough white space in my life to fill it with things that brought me joy. I wanted to feel like I was surrounded by things that uh, lifted me up and didn't drag me down. And I think a lot of times we mask that with other things. You know, we think it's like you said, like the moms who are like, no, 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 I just got to get my home in order. And once my home's all clean, like that's all I need. But then behind the scenes, everything else is falling apart. So really what good is a beautiful home if there's no peace in the rest of her life? So for the mama who feels like, you know, she can't be present because she's pulled in way too many directions or the entrepreneur who. Has her dreams weighing on her heart so heavy, but stifled by all the stuff and the details that's required of her to bring this thing to life. What's a first step? Like, what would you tell those women or those people who are feeling burdened and need your help?
1: I think that they need to recognize, like, notice, just notice even, like, there's not even an action here, but just begin to notice what are you doing all day? Like, what is it? Like for me that day, I just all of a sudden started to notice I'm picking up, you know, this toy and where did this even come from? Like, I, whose is this even? Like, I've never even seen this sock. Like just all these random things and notice how much you're just maintaining because it exists, but you're not intentionally saying like this, this is worthy of my time and space because mm-hmm. what takes up your space just by the fact that it exists in your home takes up your time automatically everything your toaster your socks your clothes your kids shoes everything in your home even things that you need like your computer like it's still taking up your time just cuz it exists yeah. so we're buying these things with our dollars and then again and again and again for forever with our minutes and our moments and our energy and that is such a high price to pay like really not very much falls under that like okay that's worth it. So notice, what are you maintaining when you're feeling overwhelmed and you're having a day where you're just like, God, like I, my, I did all my work, but now look like the house is a mess. Notice it. What is it exactly? And what would happen if it just didn't exist anymore, or it was just way, way less and let that fuel you and kind of make you angry so that you can go and have momentum to take action. And I do think again, like it needs to start at home and it's very therapeutic for you to begin there. And then you can go into the rest of your life.
0: Yeah. You talk about that reactive state and we all experience it in different ways. Like life is just kind of happening to us and we, we don't have control, but there really are areas. Like there's certain things, of course we can't control. That's just life. But then we start to give way too much credit to the things that we can control, and we start to say, "Oh, well, that has control over us. I don't have control over that when in reality it is something that we don't have to always be reacting to. If you took the time to play offense instead of defense all the time, life starts to feel better. Can we talk about belief for a second because I think this has to be the foundation of any undertaking of this nature. like we have to believe first and foremost that it's even possible for us because mm-hmm. I think that what we do is we, we sit there and the world's spinning at rapid speed around us and we're hoping that something's just gonna change. Like time is gonna work in our favor and we're waiting for that moment that we can declutter our home or like, you know, when the kids go back to school, I'll be able to do it or build out all the, the products for our business or streamline our processes or it just never comes and it never will. And this transition you're talking about can and has to happen in the middle of the storm. Like it has to be a moment where you say, I'm pumping the brakes and I'm making this choice to do it differently. And I think that only is going to happen when we believe it's possible. And I would love to hear your take on that because I'm sure you've encountered enough people who might put up walls and say, well, easy for you to say, or yeah, like, well, you're, you're a stay at home mom. I'm a working mom. So how am I going to find the time to do it? Or whatever their excuse might be. Have you seen any of that? And how do you help people have like that come to Jesus moment of like, you got to make a choice here and do the work required of you to get yourself to where you want to be?
1: Yeah. One thing I talk about a lot is the return on investment, which business owners understand this more than anyone, but the return on investment and the time, like It's a catch-22. You're so overwhelmed that you need this, but you're so overwhelmed that you can't take it on. And that's what these people tell themselves. And it's just such a lie. And it's really making a way for you to just allow the overwhelm, giving it like a personality and a name, like to really continue to take over and rob you. Of what you want, who you wanna be, and the life you wanna live. This is, it's so cliche, but like, this is it. This is our life. This is your legacy. And you're leaving one whether you intend to or not. But the thing is, if you don't intend to, you're leaving a terrible one. So we got to wake up and realize the return on investment here is huge. You are in the middle of a storm. You're in the middle of this chaos. But if you will add one more thing and say non-negotiable, this is going to happen. These other things can quiet down. This is going to happen. Then that is going to give you that return on commitment and time over and over and over again for forever. Like I purged my home almost eight years ago because my third son was born and he's almost eight. So it's still like, it's just going over and ripple effect in my life and in my family's life and our time together and our memories and in the world's lives because of that one time that I spent a couple months just purging all the junk out of our home and then our life. And the one day I did it, the one few hours it affected us. So it doesn't need to be crazy. It's just a little bit. And have you ever like had I do this all the time in business. Like I just did it the other day. Have you ever had something on your to-do list? It's there. Like it'll be sitting in my Asana and I'm like, oh geez, like, okay, Thursday. Like, okay, I got to get that. I got to do it. And then you sit down and you get all psyched up and I've got like my M&Ms and my coffee and my, my water. And I'm like, okay, here we go. And it's like an hour and it's done. And mm-hmm. like, I thought it was going to, <laughs> yeah, like I thought oh my gosh, like I just did that with my book proposal. Like, here we go. It's going to take months again. Like I have to make these edits literally in an hour. I was all the way done and I was shocked. Like, it's like that. You're just blowing it up in your mind because that's what we do. We make everything perfectionistic and we procrastinate, which is a form of perfectionism. And it's just, it's, it's all fake. Just look at it. Grab it by the face and look at it and decide like, this is not what I'm saying it is. This is not what I'm making it to be. And I'm going to be an action taking problem solving person and own my life instead of react to it and just make this change. It's so simple. I'm just going to do it. And if you don't do that, you're going to, you're going to stay on the same, like that freaking hamster wheel that just hasn't been serving anybody in your life, least of all you.
0: Yeah. And you you hit the nail on the head with the word you just said. It's like, own it. Like, taking ownership for your life and where you're at today. And also having the courage to, to acknowledge where you are. Like, I think a lot of times we operate from a place, a little bit of denial. Like, we are unwilling to look at our reality because it's so far from what we want it to be. There's a shame with that. Like if our house is a disaster, our calendar is a mess, or we're so stressed out, in order for us to fix that, we have to first accept where we are. And mm-hmm. I don't want to accept that like my house looks like a tornado ran through it because that's just too overwhelming. And there's a weird comfort in... The crap, like in the stuff that has been so awful for us that we don't want, we stay in it because it's it's become comfortable to us and known to us and it's familiar. And we'd rather live in that discomfort of because it's familiar than do the temporarily uncomfortable thing that's going to get us to a lifetime of what we want because of that yeah. little bridge we have to cross of that temporary discomfort that's unknown. You know, that's why we live in the procrastination and we say it's because we get it all right or whatever, but it's the nonsense lies we tell ourselves. So let's have a truth bomb moment for our listeners here. I can already hear it. Like, I don't have the time to invest, I don't have the money to invest. Unfiltered, what do you say to that person?
1: I always ask what do you want? Who do you want to be? Because you've got to take action that backs that up. Everybody says their priority is, you know, their husband, their kids, their, their mission, but very few people actually live out their day, their day-to-day life in a way that backs that up. And Annie Dillard said, how we spend our days is of course how we spend our lives. So then those are not your priorities. Your priority seems to be what everyone else thinks on Facebook, your phone, and I don't know, whatever, insert your issue. You know, like everyone's got their their thing. Mine is pride. Some people are people pleasers, like whatever it is. Those are, that's your priority. That's how you're living. So you have to ask yourself, like like you just said, get real with yourself. Like, where are you right now? Where do you want to be? And how big is that gap? And what are you going to do right now to close it? Because mm-hmm. if you don't do anything, you're just staying stuck and making excuses.
0: Mm-hmm. And I tell tell our listeners all the time that, you think you're standing still. You think you're saying, "Oh, I'll I'll get to this next year or I'll deal with this next week." In that time from this moment to that moment, you're not you're never standing still because the world's still spinning around you. You are decaying. You're either yeah, growing. You're going it, yeah. So what might appear to you to be a pause button is not a pause button. It's mm-hmm. working against you. So yeah. for our listeners who are always Love to hear from other entrepreneurs and successful ones at that. What's next? Like what's the big dream for you, Allie?
1: Well, speaking of the book proposal, I just finished that. So getting the book deal has been a really long time coming because I haven't really I haven't really wanted to do that in my business. I really am not a fan of the way that book deals work for first-time authors. Like I think it sucks and I knew that I could make way more money if I was in control of my content. And I just didn't feel that writing it all out and getting like $10,000 or whatever was worth my time. So I, I've always wanted to be an author, but like when I was a little girl and just growing up, but I put it aside because it just didn't feel worthy right now. And so I'm so glad I did that because now like I have this community, I have this, I don't know, this company, this tribe of women and these courses and this huge community and these challenges we run every year. And now it's time, like now we're going to do the book and now things can get more, like more global, more massive, because some people just don't do courses just the way that they are, but pretty much everybody reads books. Mm -hmm. And so now I can do that and pour my time and heart into that, knowing that like the payout literally will be huger and that it'll be huger in the sense that like my already created tribe will share the word about the book and it'll just pack such a bigger punch than it would have a few years ago. I mean, I'm seeking out that, seeking out TV, seeking out so many huge things. Like I'm not, I'm not stopping anytime soon.
0: That's awesome. (laughs) And as a result, we benefit from all the amazing stuff you're putting out into the world. Um, I want to ask you just a couple questions before we close up here. So along this journey, back from when you were buried under piles of laundry and life and to today, who has inspired you? Like, who are the people that come into your mind that you say, oh, that they played a pivotal role in me making these transitions and these changes?
1: Yeah. Somebody that the, one of the first people that I even realized like, oh, this is a thing. You can do this is Mariah Cause. She founded Femtrepreneur she's the opposite lifestyle of me. Like she's not, she doesn't have kids. I don't think she's married. Like she's just this awesome girl who is so brazen and blunt about what she wants. And she has this crazy life story. She was like a pioneer in the online course industry. And she just like invented, like, I'm just going to make this thing and sell it for hundreds of dollars and like, see what happens. And I remember seeing her, what are those called when people share like the revenue they made that month? I always forget those. Are called. Oh,
0: like when, I know you what know you're what I'm talking, talking about. Yes. And I'm having a mom yeah. brain moment myself.
1: Brain. Yeah, me too. Like they just break it down and it was like $70,000 a month or something like that. And I just remember looking at that and thinking like, what would that even feel like? And it's so funny because now I'm surpassed that. And that would be like, we're in trouble here. Code red. Like we're not doing good. But it was, I remember seeing that and just seeing her like just doing that herself and feeling like, Oh my gosh. Like she just inspired me so much that the fact that she just invented this way of like, I don't really like Etsy. I'm just going to do this instead. So she comes to mind and my mom was a business owner. She is a business owner, but when I was growing up, she owned a business with my dad and they built themselves up. My dad was a Cuban immigrant and like came over here like with nothing and they built this business up and she like raised us and ran her business. And I just saw that and actually went to a private Christian school growing up and literally like as much as it's sickening, we were taught like the boys were taught to balance checkbooks and the girls class was taught to like stay awake all night with babies.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: So my mom like countered that. Like, I don't even know if she knew that that was going on at the school because I think she would have been kind of pissed, but It she just the way she lived encouraged me and inspired me encountered all of that and I'm so grateful that I was raised by her and my dad because that lifestyle just seeing entrepreneur hearing the conversations about like profit and loss and um, marketing like I remember thinking like ideas in my head as a child like what if they would do this and like I just it got my brain percolating in a way that I needed to to be you
0: know I needed to think that way yeah and they showed you what's possible it's amazing. So uh, I know a lot of people are always like, okay, like now I'm inspired. I want to do these things. What resources aside from Unburdened and your book that'll be coming out, but like outside of your, your brand, like what resources or seminars or books or things have you read or learned or heard that have spoken to you in this area that you think would really serve other people?
1: Oh man, I hate that question because I'm so like bad at reading stuff about my niche. I actually really work hard not to read too much because I never want to like copy. Yeah, I like will find I'll see the problem and like I don't want to know what anyone else says. Like I just think through it. Like okay, I see her question, I see that huge problem. How would I solve it myself? And then it's like my own my own solution. But I will say that Joshua Becker has become a friend and his teaching is so, he's so sweet and kind and he teaches from a different perspective and in a different voice than me. And he has so many books. I really adore him. So I would definitely like shout him out and say that if you don't follow me or learn from me, like go learn from him. He's amazing.
0: So awesome. Thank you. So Thank you so much. This was like, I think it's going to be a little dose of exactly what our audience needs because sometimes we get so caught up in like build the business, scale the business, grow this, do that, get these, you know, lead generation tools and product suite all set up and like the speaking gigs, whatever. And we forget that this is, this is fundamental. Like this is the foundation upon which you're going to build all that stuff. And if this is crumbling, like if this foundation isn't built on solid rock, You can build all that other stuff and it's all going to come caving in at some point because something's got to give. So Mm -hmm. I I really think that this is going to be a fundamental piece of what people need to do in scaling anything. So thank you for Mm -hmm. sharing it. Where can people come find you?
1: Well, definitely Instagram. I hang out there every day. I kind of use it as like a vlog of sorts on Insta stories. But also um, my team and I have created a page just for you guys. If you just go to alikasaza.com slash scaling up, there's free resources to get you started. And just, I want to help you simplify. And I think that if you just go there, you can kind of pick your own adventure. Do you want to start with home? Do you want some business resources to simplify your work? Like whatever it is, I'm here to serve you and please reach out and let me know if I can help you in other ways other than what's on the page.
0: That's amazing. I know we all, myself included, are going to eat that up. So I just have to thank you from the bottom of my heart and from our Scaling Up audience for having you on. It was an absolute pleasure, and I love the work that you are pouring out into the world. Thank you. You too. Thanks so much for hanging out with me today. Before you go, make sure you take a minute to subscribe to the show so you don't miss out on all of those amazing fromies, freebies for my homies, obviously and content that we're creating just for you. And if you like today's episode, can you help us out and help us get this in the hands of more people by taking a screenshot of today's episode and sharing it with your friends, tagging me, passing it around on social media. Guys, we've got to get this mission and this movement out there to more people so that they are living their purpose and living out their dreams and getting paid for it well too. I'm also so thankful for all of the amazing feedback we've been getting in the reviews. So if this podcast is helping you grow, take a second and go review us on iTunes and be sure to check out today's show notes for more details and takeaways from the show. Until next week, guys, keep scaling up.